0: as promised we're going to have a podcast about David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar their work with Van Halen as well as their solo work also in sports we're going to talk about the running of the bulls oh, my goodness. that was vicious Thank you for joining us again here at Rocks and Dirt. This time, we're talking about the guys who used to sing with Van Halen. I've got Steve on the phone. He's going to join me and, and uh, help me keep this thing moving. Hey, there, Steve? One foot on the brake and one on the gas. All right, this is real. <laughs> That's a Sammy yeah. Hagar reference. One foot on the brake much and one traffic, on the gas. What else? is that? That is... Yeah, yeah. I that's can't a good drive. Good song, man. That's 55? It's about three octaves <laughs> So, we're going to start with uh, Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar had an incredible career going on. I would say, by... Mm, well, I can't drive 55 is 1984. Which is yeah. that right? And um, Yeah, but I can go a bit farther than that. Is that Way right? Farther than that. Okay. The
1: Montrose album. You heard of Montrose?
0: Oh, yeah. Montrose. Yeah. He, he did two albums with
1: the band Montrose with the. The guitarist Ronnie Montrose and the one from 1973 it was his first album with the band with any band and uh, he's the singer and he be co-wrote the songs and it's they were like the American Led Zeppelin I mean it didn't really do anything at the time but of course it's sold a lot since then right. but it still sounds great it's produced by Ted Templeman who produced Van Halen four or five years later. Ted
0: Templeman. We hear a lot about Ted Templeman these days. You just read his book. He has
1: a lot to do with both Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. But that that first uh, Montrose album from 1973, it's got this big Led Zeppelin rock sound. It's got classics like Bad Motor Scooter, which is one of the first songs that Sammy Hagar even wrote. Bad Motor Scooter. I heard him
0: do that solo.
1: Yeah. Space Station Number 5 and... Probably the most famous one, Rock Candy, which is a rock classic.
0: Mike Harper was saying earlier, we talked to him before the podcast, and he was saying, well, there's probably only one song. Uh, he goes, they'll probably only recognized. What what song did Mike say? Do you remember?
1: Uh, it, was, it was probably I Can't Drive 55. But, right. But Sammy Hagar signed to Geffen Records in 1981, and that's when he put out the album Standing Hampton that had heavy metal, uh, I'll Fall in Love Again, and what was the, oh, there's only one way to rock. That was that was right. Godhead. it. There's only one. So that's what most people really discovered Sammy Hagar, even though he, he'd been putting out solo stuff since the late 70s. Right. But uh, then Three Rock Box was the album after that, and I think you mentioned that, that one before. Right. And then VOA, which had, in 1984, which had uh, I Can't Drive 55, and then in 1985, he joined Van Halen, David Lee Roth In
0: 1985, right. Yes. Now we had spoken about uh, uh, some of the songs that we know people would recognize, but wouldn't realize they, they know. Now, what album was "Remember the Heroes"? Because that three was Three Lock Box. Three Lock Box. That was one of my favorite songs. Yeah, yeah. I had got my hands on a, a video back in the '80s. If you got your hands on a concert video, it was on a VHS and probably yeah, hijacked them. from somewhere, and two or three. on YouTube now. And uh, and I, I saw this and uh, Sammy in concert. He had a really great band. The bass player was cool. Speaking of the bass oh, the, player, yeah. let's check this out. St-
1: speaking of the bass player, he was the bass player in Montrose, Bill Church.
0: Yeah, he was really good. And he was Bender. he
1: was the bass player during Sammy Hagar's uh,
0: Very uh, all the way
1: up to 1985.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, I really enjoyed this Listen song. Remember the heroes? Uh, I I got to go back and start listening to some of this stuff again. Oh, anyway. and a little bass breakdown. Da 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 da, yeah. da da da. I remember I forgot yeah. About that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we we've, we've talked about Sammy uh, uh, with or the solo. Uh, what would you say is your favorite uh, Sammy Hagar with Van Halen? Well, oddly
1: enough, uh, I like. I've been going back and listening to those those I guess Van Hagar albums. They still call it Van Halen. Uh, the record company wanted to change their name, by the way, to Van Hagar, but they, none of neither the band and Sammy Hagar they wanted to call it Van Halen. But anyway, uh, having said that, uh, I did listen to those old. I like the, the keyboard songs actually. Like uh, he really sings great on the uh, on Fifty One Fifty. There was dreams and uh, love walks in, which were keyboard oriented pop songs with great guitar solos, and Sammy sings really good on those songs. They're great songs. Yeah. And the next album, OU812, had When It's Love, that was it. and that's a great song, too. So, weirdly enough, the Hagar era Van Halen stuff like the best for the, the keyboard songs, which is, I don't care for the keyboard songs as much when they hit them with, uh, with David
0: Lee Roth. But. David came along around 1985 is when he left Van Halen and went out on his own. What song do you remember first? because I remember Just a Gigolo.
1: Which is an yeah, old jazz... that was jazz before he actually left thing. Van Halen. Yeah, Louie Prima. And it was a medley of Just a Gigolo and I ain't got nobody. Nobody, nobody. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, that did that one, he was still in Van Halen. And Ted Tipperman produced that. He wasn't planning... He didn't think it, David was going to leave Van Halen. And who knows what was going on in David Lee head at the time. I mean, maybe he was thinking about it anyway. But the first full-length album was 1986, with even small, when Ross got... Uh, Billy Sheehan on bass, who's a you know monster on basses later, and Mr. Big, and of course Steve Vai on guitar. So that had a lot of great musicianship, and it had some rock and roll, but it also had some of that stuff like just the jingles and that show tune stuff. Right. Some of that was on was on Edem and Smile also, which yeah. I didn't care for as much as the rock and roll. But
0: Edom and Smile was a great album. It had uh, uh, on guitar uh, Steve Vai. Do a shit on
1: bass and Greg Bissonnette on drums. Right
0: on bass. I didn't know who the the drummer was. And that was it. It was those three. Did they have a keyboard player?
1: Yeah, they had a keyboard player who played on the record and toured with him, but I don't know if he was... uh,
0: Don't know how that was. That, that,
1: that four piece.
0: Well, Yankee Rose was the one that they really pushed uh, on on MTV, which was strong <clears throat> at the time. Now, Steve Vai, his uh, guitar tone was way different than Eddie's. Eddie had more of a dark, yeah. uh, lowered mids, and and Steve Vai almost had a lot of highs, just short of sounding like a frying egg, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did like the tone on uh, on. Um, uh, I think we've discussed this before. My favorite song on that album was Ladies Night in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. We've also talked about before that, you know, when, when David Lee Roth come on the scene, he almost didn't make it as a singer because he was pitchy and, you know, he had a bad... his, yeah, his, that, his, yeah, his personality Tillman Talk about that. You, you got to know that guy's personality is really hard to... to and his lyrics and his the songwriting were really clever. But, um, yeah, he had a... Right, he was like this outlaw kind of a guy. You start thinking about songs like... Uh, from Van Halen when they did uh, Mean Streets, uh, what album was that? Uh, Di- Fair mm-hmm. Warning. Fair Warning was the, was the album, and Mean Streets was the album. And 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 y- y- you look at a lot of the song titles and a lot of lyrics, and you just kind of think, you know, that's the state of mind that that kids were in. That's I a can help. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And uh, otherwise, there wasn't
1: a good single for that album.
0: Right. But anyway, uh, it was all really great music. Now there was another album that came out uh, after Eat 'Em and Smile called A Little Ain't Enough, and you had mentioned. Skyscraper came out before that. Oh well, I don't have that one. I didn't even know about that. Skyscraper,
1: 1987, I think, or '88.
0: That's pretty much going to do it for us. With the uh, with the, is there any more history about either one of those guys that you want to share? There's anything? I just want to mention the
1: Montrose album. Anybody that likes the classic '70s hard rock zeppelin-ish bluesy sound check out that montrose just self-titled montrose from 1973 it was sammy hagar's first album it's got the songs rock candy rock the nation bad motor scooter which i think was the first song sammy hagar wrote he said i think uh make it
0: last it's just the whole album check that out absolutely 52. that certainly covers the if you like this you're gonna like that aspect of our show well, thank you, Steve. Yeah. I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you for being uh, available for to, to help me with this. And uh, You bet, brother. I'm going to sign off, and I will talk to you. Oh, I'll talk to you this weekend. we got a great weekend coming up. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right.
1: Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> that is from uh, the bye-bye is from, I think... Paul McCartney and Wings, something they did, some video thing they did. So we got to talk about that one day on the podcast. I need to know what that is. Okay, i want to talk a little bit about what we're doing this weekend. We've got a couple of gigs coming up that you just don't want to miss. We're going to be at Crazy Cajun this Thursday at 6.30. You don't want to miss it. We are going to dedicate this Thursday to Stevie Ray Vaughan. We're going to try to play all the Stevie Ray Vaughan that we always do as well as a little bit more Stevie Ray Vaughan. And of course, we'll always throw in the Cajun, Creole, blues, love songs. Please join us this Thursday. Then, also you have to be aware that on Saturday, we are going to be at Brisket Love in Lindale, Texas. It's Halloween, it's uh, October 31st, and we're going to make it a disco slash Halloween night. So when you dress up for that night, dress up 70s if you like, or if you want to dress up scary and do the Halloween thing, do that. But be sure that you're there. Come as you are if you need to. Just wear pants because it's a family show. We're really looking forward to Saturday night. We're going to have all five Tuxedo Cats on the stage. Steve will be there. Mike will be there. Tim will be there. And Scotty will be there as well as yours truly. And we're going to have a blast playing disco and scary tunes for Halloween. So we'll see you Thursday at Crazy Cajun. And then we'll see you Saturday at Brisket Love in Lindale. Now. What we're going to talk about is uh, the running of the bulls. Now, you know, I'm always wanting to bring in some sort of a sports uh, feature that is different. Steve and Mike know almost everything there is to know about baseball, football. I think Steve knows more football. Mike knows more baseball. But those guys both can talk for a long, long time about football and baseball. I've always wanted to bring in some things like extreme sports and have somebody please explain to me what fantasy football is and fantasy baseball, all those kind of things. And we're going to get around to those one of these days, maybe. But today... We're gonna talk about the running of the bulls because this has got to be a lot of fun. Running of the bulls is always interested me and I guess it's a sport. They consider it more of an art, but I'm talking about it anyway. Every year in early July for nine days, they have this running of the bulls. This happens in Pamplona. Pamplona, 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 Pamplona. It's in Europe, okay? It's a festival of uh, Saint San Fermin, Fermin, who was martyred. So everybody wears white clothes with, with red sashes to, uh, to symbolize this martyrdom of Saint, uh, Saint Fermin. Saint Fermin. They go to great lengths to board up all the windows around uh, this path the bulls are going to run. It's amazing how they have built the city in preparation or this happening every July. Some of the some of the places seem to just pull down a garage door over their storefront. Some of them have big, wide gates that just open up. But they they board the whole entire place up. They they get ready for this avenue that the, that the bulls are going to run. And then when it's time for this to happen, there is an an explosion, um, which signals for the for the people to run. Afterwards, there's a second explosion, which means that the bulls have been let loose. Now, let me say this, just from the videos that I've seen, the bulls are a whole lot faster than the people. You think you could run fast? You think you can run fast? Go do this. Um, These bulls catch up with these folks really quickly. Now, in my mind, I always thought that this is just every year a bunch of people are getting trampled by bulls, just completely. And usually there are a few, but in the last century, only 15 people have been killed. So, you know, it is, a, it is a bit of a brutal thing, but it's not as bad as I thought. People just jump out of the way when the bulls are coming, and if they actually get to touch a bull or feel his breath on the, their neck or their legs, they feel like it was a great day, you know, where I'm thinking something different. Um, they do this thing, they corral these bulls in a certain direction, and they finally end up at the uh, arena. Uh, it, it is the Pamplora Arena. Pamplona. And uh, that is where the bullfights happen. It starts off with the Picadors, and and these guys are on horseback, and they're kinda picking the bulls. I guess they weaken them to some degree to to make it better odds for the uh, next two guys to come, which would then be the Banderillos. The Uh, They come in, and they end up getting a few darts stuck in the bulls, and all this seems to slow the bulls down so that the Matador, who is the rock star of the whole entire day, How how is he the rock star the whole entire day? He's had these guys punching and They've they've run through the streets, they've been punched with the horses, then they had this guy stick all this stuff in them, and then this matador, rock star, comes out and picks on them uh, with the cape and does all this thing, and he finally wins. And then if the fight is good, then the people will wave their red sashes, uh, signaling that they think that this matador needs to receive a trophy. You know, uh, if you want to know what the trophy is, ask me later. Uh, It's pretty brutal podcast already, but <laughs> I always want to do something different. I always want to learn something new. And um, and so this time, uh, kind of sort of found a way to do that. Another thing that you would find really interesting is this was not as popular before 1923 when Hemingway visited uh, Pamplona. And he wrote a book about the whole thing called The Sun Also Rises. And since then, this thing has become so popular that a million people show up for this every single year. Although families show up to, to, to participate in this and uh, enjoy the celebration, I would say the running of the bulls is not for the kids. You probably want to keep the kids out of that. And I would also say the bullfighting is not for kids, but I think you would be surprised at how young these people start training for this and doing this and how much they admire the whole entire ideal of being a matador. Uh, I I don't know what we would compare it to. uh, But uh, Running of the Bulls is something I've always been fascinated by and interested in and just wanted to know more. I don't know that I'm ever going to go. But, you know, it's kind of cool. Anyway, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Rocks and Dirt. Please join us the next time when Steve and Mike will be here to say bye-bye.